0: Hi friends. In today's first new episode of season two on your PA Mentor Podcast, we are going to do a deep dive on resume rights and wrongs. We have a lot to catch up on and a lot of things to talk about, so let's just get right to it.
1: Welcome to your PA Mentor Podcast. I'm Sam O, your host and fellow PA, and I'm here to help you navigate your way to a fulfilling PA career. At 26 years old, I landed my dream job as a brand new graduate right out of PA school without even realizing it, all because I had an incredible mentor who guided me through my first year as a clinician. My mentor completely changed my life and how I practice medicine. He didn't just teach me clinical medicine. He taught me how to love the art of medicine, how to develop work-life balance, how to avoid burnout, and most importantly, how to truly love and continue to love my profession. Because of him, I am the confident PA that I am today. And that is why I have made it my mission to help PA students and new grads navigate through the PA profession with advice, strategy, and tools to find your way to a fulfilling career as a PA. And with that said, my friends, it is now time to dive into today's episode. Hi, Erin.
0: Hi, Sam.
1: We're back. Season two bitches. <laughs> Can I say that? Is that okay? Is yes. On, online. Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. And I just checked our podcast statistics and guess what? What? We have 99 Five star reviews on this podcast. What? How insane is that? I know. That's Nine, amazing. Okay, one person gave us a three star review for using Profanity on our podcast. He didn't like <laughs> our okay. swearing. Uh eh, whatever.
0: Yeah, that's okay. We're okay I like with our that. swears.
1: But you guys, <laughs> I I cannot believe that we are on season two i feel like we just finished season one a few months ago and we've been so busy this past few months our website is finally up and running we've been doing some youtube videos and we even had our first live webinar during pa week and honestly this whole thing is just so overwhelming and we are just support you guys love and the support from our instagram family is incredible and we're just so excited to keep doing this
0: and our podcast followers Don't worry, you forgot about our podcast followers. Yes, our podcast followers. We love them.
1: Yes, thank you so much for being here.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been a wild ride, but honestly, I really miss this part the most, the podcast part, where we just get to chat and talk to you guys about the things that we know you need to know to get going in your PA career. Yes, in the last few months, we've talked to so many new grads, and one of the biggest requests we've had is
1: personalized one-on-one coaching. And Erin and I, Really struggle with whether or not we want to offer this service. So we decided to sort of do a halfway approach. If people ask us, we do offer the service, but otherwise we don't really advertise it. And in the last three months, some of you may already know we have been working with some clients who have slid into my DMs asking for help. And one of the biggest issues is the resume. How do I put this kindly? It's They haven't really been
0: shit, you guys, like really shitty resumes. and Really shitty resumes.
1: We decided we needed to do a whole entire full podcast episode about it.
0: Right, because your resume is the main way of communicating with your future employers, and you really want it to make a good first impression. Mm -hmm. Over the last couple months, we've been working one-on-one with a few people, and the thing that we see consistently is resumes that need help. So if you are not getting a good first impression to your employer, you're not going to get that callback for an interview. So it's critical that your resume is in great shape when you send it out. So Erin, what would you say is the
1: number one problem you're seeing with new grad resumes?
0: So I have reviewed a lot of resumes and have been involved with hiring and interviewing. So I say this from experience and with love, but you cannot... Count your clinical rotations as work experience. Clinical rotations are part of your education and mandatory to graduate from your program. Stop listing clinical rotations as work experience. Stop it.
1: Yes. <laughs> Some of the clients that we have worked with have these crazy long descriptions for their clinical rotations. They list all 10 of their clinical rotations, and under each rotation, they list all of their quote unquote clinical skills and procedures. Yeah. So here's a few examples that I gathered. They list their suturing skills simple, interrupted, horizontal, and vertical mattresses, <laughs> staple removal, splinting, a long posterior arm, a cockup splint, a sugar tongue, a golden udder, thumb spica,
0: udder
1: insertions. <laughs> yeah, <gasps> old <gutters. laughs> Is that what I said? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, That's my okay. Goodness. Yeah, and you know. And like Foley catheter insertions and medication administration. I mean, come on, guys. Do we really need to know that you can remove staples and insert in a catheter? No. If you're applying to a job in surgery or ICU or ER, and you're proficient in central line placement and chest tube placements, then yes, put that shit on your resume. Otherwise, I don't need to know about how many times you've given a Tdap injection. Clinical rotations should be a brief list of places and dates listed under your education block. And that's about it. Unless you worked there before PA school, it should never ever be part of your work experience section.
0: It's definitely okay to highlight unique rotations you've had. Let's say if you did an international rotation or you received a scholarship for an underserved rotation, then hype that shit up. You can talk about them during your interview as they pertain to the position you're applying for, but they only belong under the title of education. I've heard from a few new grads that their PA program actually encourages them. To list the rotations as work experience, but from an employer's perspective, I 100% disagree. They are not PA employment experiences. Exactly. The other big problem we see is rotations taking up one or two pages of your resume. Resumes
1: should only be one or one and a half pages for the whole thing.
0: The whole thing. Yes. The entire thing. Yes.
1: Keep your rotation descriptions brief, very brief.
0: Again, they are not part of your work experience, so you don't need to describe everything you did. Remember, everyone who passed PA school had to do clinical rotations, so do not list them as work experience. Sam, what should they put for work experience instead? actual experience in the medical field prior to entering PA school. Everyone
1: has had some Mm -hmm. sort of patient care hours before applying to PA school. Work experience is where that goes. If it was volunteer, then put on the volunteer heading, but all the work you did related to the medical field should be listed.
0: It's totally okay if you don't have much listed and a work experience. We get it. You're a new grad. We know you haven't worked as a PA anywhere, but I want to know what you did prior to PA school because that tells me a lot about your level of experience working in medicine. I worked as a dental assistant, an optometry tech, a pharmacy tech, and an ultrasound tech before PA school.
1: Those are still really important jobs that I list on my resume because it tells the story of who I am before I became a PA and what skills I bring to the table.
0: And I was a nursing assistant, medical assistant, ER tech, and clinical research coordinator. I did a lot of different shit in a lot of different areas, and it was all important information to share with my prospective employers when I was looking for my first PA job. Even though my first ER job was terrible, they hired me because I had been in ER tech and I knew how an ER worked.
1: And another wrong is including too many non-medical related jobs on your resume. We've all had to take jobs that pay the bills, but I'm sure Erin didn't put the summer
0: where she sold pork sandwiches at the fair <laughs> on her resume. Did you, Erin? Was that I important? Didn't. I did not. <laughs> I did not. But for the six months from graduation to when I started working, I did make sure to mention during interviews that I studied, I passed the pants, and I had been doing odd jobs to support myself. However, if you have had a long-term job not related to the medical field, it's okay to put that in your resume. So if you worked at
1: a shoe store as a manager for three years before you decided to go to PA school, then put that on your resume. It shows work commitment, that you're responsible, and that you were promoted to a supervisory position.
0: That says a lot about who you are and you should definitely include that in. But if you worked three months at a shoe store, six months at Orange Julius and did babysitting for your cousins, (laughs) don't include that on your PA resume. By the way, I have worked at Orange Julius and I was a babysitter for years and years. It's not that those are bad jobs. They're just not relevant. On the other hand, if you have done contact tracing for six months during the pandemic as a filler while waiting to get a PA job, or if you've been doing COVID testing or swabbing, medical translation or patient outreach to help patients find medical resources in their community, include those. Those are so important. Anything to do with your experiences in the medical field need to be included. Yes,
1: And the volunteer section is also important for listing long-term work that you did, even if it's not medically related. I volunteered at Big Brother and Big Sister for three years, and it's a big part of my life. So I always mention that on my resume. I'm still in touch with my little sister to this day, and I'm really proud of that. So I put that on there in hopes that during the interview, they'll ask me about it and I can talk more about my experience.
0: But what you don't need to include on your volunteer section is every fun run or walk you volunteered at or that one time you walk dogs at your local shelter. That is not relevant. Agreed. Let's talk about resume rights. Things we
1: love to see on your resume is clear contact information, including your phone number and email address. It should be at the top of the resume right next to your name. Make sure it's super easy for future employers to get in touch with you. So this is a no brainer.
0: The other things we've seen and have really liked are clean, concise resumes. Keep job descriptions short and to the point, use an easy-to-read font and text size, and again, limit your pages to one to two max.
1: A lot of resumes we have seen are so long and wordy. It's so hard to read. Try to use a professionally designed resume template. We are all visual creatures. At least I am. And if I see an aesthetically pleasing resume, I'm more than likely to spend more than six seconds on that resume. That's right. An average hiring manager spends about six seconds on your resume. So you really have to make sure your resume stands
0: out. And you guys, there are so many great resume templates out there. Google even has free ones. There's a few. They're simple, but they're decent. So take a look.
1: Google has some decent ones, but the ones I really like are from resume.io. They have some pretty unique resumes. Their format is clear. They use fancy fonts, bold letters, and a really nice area for the description box. And it just looks really modern. And they offer, I think, a seven-day free trial. And you can pay $3 for additional seven days. Oh, God, I sound like I'm advertising for them. I'm not. This is not paid sponsorship. It's just a lot of my students. This is not a
0: paid sponsorship. It
1: is not. A lot of my students and clients have used these Resume.io, and it works so much better. You can literally use it to make all different types of resumes and CVs for different specialties. I think it's definitely worth an investment.
0: I mean, for $3, it's definitely worth the investment. And if you're making different resumes for different positions, it's also a good idea to make different cover letters that are applicable to the position you're applying for. I recently did a cover letter for a job I was considering that was half ENT, half clinical research. And for that cover letter, I made sure to highlight my previous history of being a clinical research coordinator and the years I spent working in an ENT office as an MA. So if you have special skills that make your fit more obvious, make sure to bring those up in your cover letter.
1: And don't forget to include your hype section. This is the area where you can hype what up? Yes, any awards, any scholarships, or special achievements that you received. Include the year and who you received the award from, and then move on. You don't need to write a three-to-four-sentence explanation about what the award was. If they ask for it during the interview, great, you can expand on it, but
0: otherwise, keep it simple. It is also critical to make sure you include a licensure and certification section. Even if you haven't taken the pants, make sure to list what date you expect to take it, or if you've taken it and just haven't got results back, list the anticipated date of results. Same with state licensure. If you're anticipating having your state license by February of 2021 after you take the pants in January 2021, it must be on your resume. Some states allow you to obtain a temporary PA license for up to a year pending PANS completion. So if you have that, make sure you include that on your resume as well. This section should also include any certifications you have had, like BLS, ACLS,
1: PALS, or any skill classes or a certification that you need to practice. If you're a medical coder before you enter PA school and you have a coding certificate, list this here. If you're an X-ray tech and you have a certification of that, list it here.
0: Okay, so this is where Sam and I completely disagree. In my opinion, the license and certification section should only include current and active certifications. I really don't like seeing expired licensure in this section because it's confusing and messy and it doesn't really explain why it's expired or what the deal is. So if you have a job listed in your previous employment that required a licensure to perform the job, then it makes sense that you would have had that licensure, but I don't necessarily need to see it in this section. I
1: disagree because I feel like it's a good idea to put an expired licensure on there If it's relevant to the job you're applying for. For example, I used to be an ultrasound technician and I list my expired license on my resume when I'm applying for jobs in ER, urgent care, because that's relevant. I will use those skills in that setting. I would not put my expired license for ultrasound tech in a job that I'm applying for in family medicine because that's irrelevant. And the reason why I put it there on my resume twice is because if they missed it the first time on my work experience, they'll see it again on my certification licensure section. I've always done that, and it's worked really well for me. But Erin
0: apparently disagrees. Right. So a little bit of controversy on your PA mentor, guys. So (laughs) Big Big fights. See if you can handle it, and then decide for yourself what you'd like to do. Either way, it's not really right or wrong. It's just preferences. The last resume tidbit before we sign off on our first episode of our second season is the brief skills section. I really like when new grads have this on their resume. It's where you can put the EMRs you've had experience with. And this is the place where you can put that you have, you know, how to do all of these special cast placements or splints or lines, intubations, or if you're really good at using a slit lamp, stuff like that. Show where your proficiencies are. And you can use it to cover a lot of different areas, not just procedures, but also EMR experience. I would also
1: add any type of language that you can speak or if you can read and write, that's also really relevant. Oh, for sure.
0: A hundred percent.
1: And also if you have a degree in business management, or I actually had one client that told me that she did the social media marketing for this derm clinic and she didn't put that on her resume, but as we're talking about it, that's really relevant information because she brought in a lot of clients because of the graphics she did and the stuff that she designed for their website. So that's not necessarily a medical experience, but it does bring in patients and clients to this practice, especially in a derm clinic where aesthetic medicine brings in a ton of money.
0: Yeah. You should be listing all of your degrees under your education, right? So not just the fact that you got a PA degree. Mm -hmm. You should be listing your bachelor's. You should be listing any other kind of degrees that you went to school for. So this is all important to put under your education.
1: Remember, your resume is your future employer's first introduction to you. If it's neat, concise, and gets the main point across in under 10 seconds, you've got a winner. But if it's crowded, it's difficult to read, and it's longer than two pages, you'll have to work on it. Ask a classmate, ask a friend for some feedback before sending it out. A fresh pair of eyes and perspective can really help you if you're struggling to figure out if your resume needs help or not.
0: Here's a clue. If you've applied to a 100 jobs and you haven't heard anything back, it could be that your resume isn't sending the right message. You've just spent the last two years working on a master's degree to be a licensed and certified healthcare professional. Make sure your resume reflects that. Step it up. Give your employers a resume that reflects the importance of your training and your value as a physician assistant, okay? That's right. And that today
1: wraps up our resume talk. We are so excited to be back here working Mm -hmm. on the podcast again. Our next episode is going to be about what to expect during your first five years of practice as a PA. So make sure you tune in and don't forget to keep sending us all your requests for future podcast episodes. We really try to tailor all our content to your specific needs which means we need to hear from you about what you want to hear.
0: That's right. And don't forget to check out our new up and running website, yourpamentor.com, and subscribe to our new YouTube channel, where Sammy has literally been killing herself to make these videos for you guys. I hate YouTube. She hates it. (laughs) She hates it. But we're doing it for you, okay? So make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to your PA Mentor podcast wherever you download your podcast podcast wherever you download your podcast shut up wherever you download your podcasts including spotify and itunes yes we are so glad to be back and we'll see you next week bye guys that's right see you next week bye